0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Research Labs podcast. Today, we will be discussing cybersecurity. We have with us Joy from Bitwill. He's an expert in cybersecurity. He also consults companies when it comes to blockchain technology. And he's an expert in finance. Well, before I say anything else, Joy, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really great. Thank you for uh, inviting me in the podcast.
0: Yep. I'm actually honored to have you. I think this episode is two years in the making.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, Joy, why don't you introduce us so that, you know, we don't miss on anything.
1: Sure. And before we go on, have a happy Cyber Sunday. Today is a Sunday and uh, we are talking about the cybersecurity and infrastructural uh, security management. So let's begin.
0: Yep. So Joy, as we all know, a global pandemic is going on. We are literally in the middle of it. And from the news, right, I could only comprehend that there is a new pandemic coming and the experts are calling it the cyber war pandemic because there are so many cyber groups who are launching ransomware campaigns and there are news that there are also campaigns that are being sponsored by nations now. Yes. So... Today, we'll be discussing all these things and much, much more. We'll also discuss how an individual can protect themselves from cyber warfare or ransomware attacks. And at the same time, we will also discuss how enterprises and governments can protect themselves from the cyber attacks. So, Joy, could you brief us about cybersecurity? And then we, we can take it forward from there.
1: Definitely. I'll be happy to unfurl all of these facts and also decimate the conspiracy theories that we often see on news channels. So first of all, I would like to agree on all of these statements that you have recently uh, quoted that yes, we are on a cyber war and, uh, you know, cyber warfare is another pandemic that we are, uh, you know, uh, suffering from because uh, generally out of the lack of jobs and all these crises in the different nation, right? Generally, people uh, have this tendency that if they cannot make it right, then they have their own ways to, you know, make some money or uh, do some anti-social things which can satisfy their own ego. So there are multiple reasons. Yes, there are some of the nations who are sponsoring this deliberately to gain and achieve uh, some of the result in their own interest and benefit. So yes, that is really true. And we are not trying to make chaos out of it, out of all of these news that, okay, cyber warfare is going on. And they should not live in a fear or chaos that, oh, this is going to compromise my security or something. But rather than that, if you follow simple rules, I think it's not very complicated as it's hyped on some media or channel. that, oh, cyber security is a big thing. No, it's not. If you stick to your roots, if you stick to some basic principle then i think uh, you can pretty much uh, secure uh, yourself and your family and surroundings by getting hacked or uh, getting a you know be- becoming a victim of a ransomware attack and so on so there are different layers of uh, security and penetration testing if i say there are different layers that means not just technical aspect of it but also a personal level what should you think about the whole you know how how your perspective should be built on this whole subject for say uh, mentally and emotionally uh, you should be very well prepared like if you get any news or whatever the information is uh, presented to you do not trust always verify that's a first law that's a first rule that's a first commandment that you have to commit to yourself so do not trust the information that is presented to you all the time think it rationally think it unbiased and see for yourself that, does it make sense? You know, validate it before uh, even executing any of the, you know, uh, psychological uh, actions or uh, emotion, right? So if I get uh, news that, oh, something really bad happened in my family, I will not believe it. I will always verify. There are certain ways, there are uh, certain communications with which you can verify the news that, is it right or someone is trying to scam us? It is a number one thing. And this number one rule, Will relate and secure every one of us from uh, spamming and honey trapping. Now, what is the spamming? Someone will call that, "Hey, I'm calling from a desperate police department, or I'm calling from so and so police department, and we have an arrest warrant on your name." So, if I'm a common man, without you know thinking much, without verifying that source, I would be really panic. And it's okay to get panic because we all are humans. But then right after that panic triggers you right just stay calm and think about it why would policemen call you because generally they write you a legal notice or they approach you if they have a warrant if they have a search warrant authorized by the government they will just approach you in your house why would they threaten you on your phone right so no government agency will ever threaten you on your phone and extort the money Bitcoins or any other form of compensation with uh, from you online. So be aware, never ever entertain who pretend to be a legal authority. Always verify your sources. That's the number one rule. And that's how uh, this can relate. Now, second thing is uh, honey trap. What is honey trap? Uh, As the name suggests, due to the hormonal activity in different genders, you know, they the hackers actually uh, take advantage of it and they pretend to be an opposite gender victim so if i am a man some some hacker will pretend as a woman and they will call me and say that oh i'm so lonely i want to get a conversation with you let's get on a video call and right after i turn on my camera they will record me and then they will extort me so this how the whole uh, industry, there's a big industry of uh, cyberscoting and scamming and uh, honey trapping is, is literally working and they are extorting thousands of dollars from individuals because this individual who is a victim of it have to keep their, uh, you know, uh, reputation. They don't want to go it to public. And because of that, they will pay the funds and even paying the funds cannot be a resolution of it because again, after a month or after a certain time, They will again extort you because they have a copy of this particular video. So that's why we made a first rule that never trust the information that you receive. Always verify. Let's move on. Let's talk about a different aspect apart from being uh, you know uh, mentally or emotionally capable of these things. You know about apart from the informational part of it. Second part of it is always check, introspect, and verify. The URL, uh, universal resource locator, the URL of the website. Because generally, what happens is, for say, uh, if you are opening a Facebook.com. Now, the spelling of Facebook is F-A-C-E-B-O-O-K. But in this B-O-O-K and B-0-0-K, it's just a fraction. You know, uh, generally, if you are in hurry, uh, your eyes may not differentiate these two things, and you will end up logging and putting your credential in uh, face boo zero zero k not facebook so that's why uh, these fractions and that's why uh, some people create acronyms uh, link like these are the acronyms and they uh, just publish the same uh, source code of the website but in the back end there is a tab napping so this word tab napping is uh, used where you have a login portal or you have any of uh, some sub- uh, form to be submitted where whatever information you feed you think that you are feeding the information to the legitimate source, but this source is masked and all this username and password uh, box uh, are literally capturing your information and giving it to the third party, be it hacker, be it company, uh, private corporation to take your data, but that is not really going to the source where it should. So that we have to really check all the URLs and uh, that comes to uh, another law. Do not rush. Always check and always verify the URL. Sometimes this can be a mistake that Facebook and face B00K, you know, these kind of pixel acronyms can literally change the portal. So we have to literally see and track that wherever we are inserting some information, is it going to the right source or not? So that that comes down to the second rule. Now, the third rule of cybersecurity, or I can say uh, privacy, would be always think that there is no free lunch in the world so if someone uh, send you some free coupon or uh, amazon gift card or uh, you know a five thousand dollars worth of gift prize or lottery do not fall for that there is no free lunch in the world because generally the very common man right in in layman terms whenever they are uh, spending some uh You know, uh, time in social uh, website or social networking website or something like that. One or the other from your mutual group will, uh, you know, send you some link that, oh, there is a free stuff or there is a free Rolex watch or there are uh, free things going on, some freebies, right? And we fall for that. We open the link. So whenever we open unknown link, there are multiple activities going on in the background. Whenever you open unknown link, for say, Your IP address can be leaked and, uh, you know, traced back. And with your IP address, uh, one can find your location, number one. With your IP address, one can discover the whole network, That different network devices like mobile phones, laptops, tablets, all of that from your uh, Wi-Fi router can be discovered. And once that is discovered, hackers can exploit all of the devices uh, getting the information, basic reconnaissance like uh, your OS operating system version, and once they find the operating system current version, they can find uh, some of the exploit, some of the technique that they can get the backdoor access, and then get your information, copy that into their own uh, private server, leak those information, and extort you. So to make sure nothing of none of this happen to you, like uh, we have to be very aware. And uh, make another rule for ourselves, that is, never open the unknown sources or unknown links, which are not really verified and which are not known. We must not open these things because this can create a really big amount of uh, damage to our system and our privacy.
0: So the honey trap scam, I think there is a drastic increase in such scams, given the increasing use of digital interfaces. But the one thing that really worries me, right, is that not a lot of people who are using technology today might be aware of these things. For example, there are very young kids from the age of especially right now, right, since they cannot go to school. Young kids from the age of ten to fourteen, right? at, At the same time, old older people who are getting introduced to mobile phones and tablets for the first time how do we make sure that they, number one, understand these things. And if it's not necessary also that they understand it, but it's very important for them to take care of these things. So how should we, in your opinion, right, go about the education of these ideas? Because if it only requires one loophole to get into the entire network. And, and I think, These are the demographics, right, which are easy to crack from a hacker's perspective. So how should, number one, families go about it? And then later on, we'll also try to understand how can corporates and governments go about it?
1: Sure. As they always say, you know, as the wise men always say that, keep your virtues, keep your character intact, number one. And number two, communication is the key. So if we talk about the family, the family structure, right? in our society what we should think of is number one uh, about the spamming and honey trapping if your character is intact if you uh, you know feel that i am already a family man why would i go out and flirt with another uh, you know person then i think you are pretty much saved in, in this case uh, as they always say you know that uh, never let your hormones hijack your intellect so always think about this tempting message that you receive in the inbox that well is it true and even if it is true Is it for me? Am I that person? So once you build up your character in a way, I think uh, you can decimate a lot of problems in this world of security and privacy because, let me tell you, uh, my experience as a cybersecurity uh, vulnerability assessment and penetration tester, I also know some of the techniques of social engineering and manipulation. With that, you know, I can literally, one can literally trigger some emotion and lure uh, the the audience in to make something uh, happen out of their own uh, free will. Like, uh, you are thinking that I'm uh, doing it out of my own free will, but it is the triggers that I have set. It is not your free will, but there are some triggers. Uh, some of the things can trigger your amygdala, which is a portion of your brain. And, uh, you know, you'll just go with the flow. So that's what I say, that always think, always be very conscious of your choice and action. I think. That can be very easy way. And for the kids in the family, right, who do not know about these manipulative techniques, who do not know about this politics and the whole industry uh, behind this uh, cyber extortion business, what they can do is, and even that parents can do is uh, communicate with the kids and kids has to uh, communicate with the parents about a various topic, right? Uh, whenever you're, uh, you're giving a mobile phone or you're introducing internet or any other digital system to your kids, as a parent, it's not just uh you know, a privilege or it's not just the educational game, but that is also a big responsibility as a parent that you make your kids aware of everything. At the age when they uh, grow up and they understand, you know, they start understanding uh some of the things, you make them aware. You make them aware about how the external world would be, how the outer world would be, you know. Uh, You make them aware about the sex education. So they are not going to be a victim of this honey traps and all the, you know, child pornography and all of that things. You make them aware about uh, the conscious approach towards the failure. So they cannot get uh, victimized by this blue well games and all of these, you know, anti social uh, activities. You also have to make them aware about, uh, you know, uh, getting more social so they don't fall upon these malicious groups. You know, you have to make them aware about the politics and the current uh, ongoing scenario and the skill set so they don't do the, the crazy, uh, funny things which, which can harm them, like all the drugs uh, and alcohol and all of that things. Because internet, right, it, it can connect anyone to any other uh, person and internet itself does not check that whether you are a good person or not. It just connects you. So if your kid is connected to one of the darknet, you know, drug vendor or something, they generally end up buying the drugs and using it and abusing the drugs for the recreational purposes and that enslaves them. So as a family, right? Family as whole, well have to think about this uh, before handing over the internet and uh, phone. They always have to, you know, sit thoroughly without getting any uh, shame or bias or any, anything, you know? Just talk everything that you have learned in your life. Talk with your children and tell your children that if you find anything unusual, right? Do not get panicked. Tell your mom and dad. And that's the key.
0: Yeah. I also noticed one thing that every two, three months, right? A new company will launch a new phone, a new laptop, a new tablet. All right. And they focus so much on the new video calling feature, the new stickers and the new messaging apps. But I have never noticed, or maybe I don't know enough. As per my knowledge, right? In the box of the device, there is no information regarding how you can secure yourself online.
1: Yes, it is if, really important point here. Yeah.
0: If the electronic electronics companies who are producing these things, if they make it a priority that you know educating people about cybersecurity is their responsibility, don't you think it will solve a lot many problems?
1: Well, I'm so glad that you have said that. And this is really impressive input coming from you, my friend, that all these manufacturers of mobile phone devices and iPads and laptops, if they just print one booklet beside, you know, manual and warranty card, that how you can stay safe, how you can stay secure, that would be really helpful. I think, yes, at least I can start from my uh, company. And actually, you know, uh, we are Bitwell. We literally put the you know protocols that our uh, client has to follow. That do this, do uh, do and don'ts, you know. So we are following this, but I think uh, with the hardware that we supply for the blockchain nodes and all of that, the the secure wallet, I think yes, we should we should print a separate uh, booklet or some kind of informative uh, material that can help them to understand uh, what they should and should not do and why. Uh, It's really really a wonderful idea because I have never seen any mobile phone company
0: to print uh, such
1: a yeah, booklet i mean this and is really helpful it's a very simple
0: idea right it's yeah. just to print 10 points yeah and that can be like a beginning of a very long campaign which can eventually educate everyone
1: yes and uh, you you just deliberately told me that this 10 points and uh, we uh, refer this as owasp, O-W-A-S-P, OWASP top 10 uh, secured vulnerability security vulnerability so they are uh, literally OWASP's, uh you know uh, top 10 uh, vulnerability that if uh, the developers knows uh, these vulnerabilities, they can literally make their web application really secure. If the end user knows, right, they can be secure as well. So yeah, uh, there should be commandments of this sort that uh, people can secure themselves. Yes. I think that that's really, uh, yeah, that's really insightful for every uh, other digital, you know, a personal digital assistant or any other, uh, you know, digital manufacturing company, electronics manufacturing yeah. company that uh, do's and don'ts. Yeah. Even uh, no banks. Right. Whenever you're calling yeah. the bank on that <laughs> yeah. time, they say that, OK, do not share this information. But when while you open your account in the banking system, they will never tell you these things that, OK, do not share your password. Bankers will yeah. never. Only while uh, doing certain things, they will just put on the automation.
0: Yeah, I, I think they don't want to scare you off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Recent case, uh, recent case. Uh, I know a person from Chicago. He's a doctor and uh, yeah. he got scammed with, uh, I think, 314 uh, Bitcoin and uh, 90000 yeah. uh, dollar out of his bank account so both got uh, off like he got a call from uh, no. he got a call from a scam that, that uh, yeah hurts. he got a call from a scammer uh, and the scammer was pretending to be irs irs is the internal revenue service is the tax uh, legislative uh, person of the country in the united states so they pretend uh, that uh, we are irs guys and we are calling you because you have a, you have conducted a tax fraud we are coming to arrest you if you do not pay, uh, this amount of funds. So, uh, this, this doctor is, uh, really, you know, well-reputed person in, in Chicago. He owns a clinic and he don't want to ruin it. You know, he don't want to get on the news because of the tax fraud and all. He did nothing wrong, but still, when authority calls you, you know, you, you get scared because you are just a human. That's a human tendency, as I Emotions said earlier.
2: takeover,
1: right? No. Yeah. Emotion takeover. So. He said, "Oh no, no, no! I'm here for the resolution. Please let me know what I have to do." So the IRS person uh, asked him a couple of questions. The scammer asked him a couple of questions. That, uh, "Do you use Bank of America or you use uh, Chase or Wells Fargo? Which bank account do you use?" He said, "No, no, 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 no! I'm using uh, this particular bank account." So he shared his bank details, his account details, as well as his PIN. You know, wow. and in United yeah. States, uh, recently this option was uh, terminated by Wells Fargo, but earlier Wells Fargo and other banks had uh, this facility, that uh, cardless transaction. So if I do not have a card, I can generate a one-time password and with the one-time password from the mobile phone application or from the web application, I just need to insert that one-time password in a cardless transaction input in the ATM and uh, type in the PIN, you know, the personal identification number while you withdraw the funds. If I have these two details, which is very easy to extract if I scare you, then I can just, uh, you know, empty your account, literally empty your account, and uh, do all the things. Like I can take over the control of your account. So that what uh, that's what happened with him. Ninety thousand uh, dollars were uh, hacked from his account. Number one and second thing, we also noticed that you have a cryptocurrency with you, isn't it? And he said, yes, I do. I am a, you know, a Bitcoin how, investor.
0: How, how did they exactly notice that?
1: No, they didn't notice anything. It's just that they yeah. were. Just, it's it's a fluke. They were just uh, yeah. trying their uh, luck out. Lucky. They got lucky. And this guy, this poor guy, literally uh, replied affirmatively that yes, I do. I am an investor in Bitcoin, and uh, I, I I also have declared this Bitcoin in, in in taxations and all of that forms while I uh, you know uh, declare the tax return while I submit the tax return and. Yeah. Uh, well, the scammer know how to, you know, take control over that. So you say, no, uh, you have recent transaction of Bitcoin that you have not declared in IRS form. So you will be yeah. highly penalized, and not just penalized, but got, you know, you, you, we we may arrest you and Coming jail you yeah. for no. three years. That was a <laughs> trigger. That he said, hey, you know, I, I want to surrender. I do not know anything about Bitcoin and, and and blockchain. I want to surrender. Please, you know, do not arrest me. That's what he replied. Doctor replied. Yeah, And the scammers say, okay, if you don't want to get arrested, you have to surrender your cryptocurrencies, and we will audit it. Whatever uh, undeclared amount you have, we will confiscate that and the rest of the amount we will send back to you. And he literally wow. thought that this is he true. He fell for it. He, yeah, yeah. He, he fell for it. And he shared his uh, private key and access of uh, his, his Bitcoin wallet, which I recommend never, ever, no government will ask for your private key on phone never ever give access of your private key or your Bitcoin, uh, you know, to anyone. And this person, this gentleman did it without my consent, without even, I, I told you earlier right? communication is the key. He never did communicate with my me or my company. And he just fell for it. Although we, we have, uh, you know, uh, did some literally uh, online seminars and online, you know, educational videos that never ever share your private, key. but still he fell for it because, uh, you know, amygdala, the fear factor, was really uh, taking over the control of his conscience, and he lost his uh, bitcoins like I think I think three hundred and fourteen bitcoins uh, millions of dollars was lost So uh,
0: that's a lot of bitcoins: to Yes lose.
1: so uh, what we have learned from this uh, story is never trust, verify. that's the first commandment. Second thing is, yeah. always stay conscious and think rationally that why would they uh, you know take bribe? And, uh, you know, let it go. And why would they ask for my private personal details? If they are government, they already must have uh, all these details. They would never ask me anything, you know, which is not rightfully their uh, access. So these kind of little things, if you take care, no, you know, and even the communication is the key. They know who is the cybersecurity auditor for their company or their uh, personal uh, cybersecurity auditor or their, you know, person like that's me. I always, uh, you know, get in touch with them as a friend i mean we never did any uh, professional work with them but as a friend i always preach this uh, commandments and yet they take their uh, fear and uh, did all of these things so we have to take care of these things like if an individual think about this very consciously i can say uh, we can literally decimate if not obliterate the breaches in the system let's take let's take for an example uh, people ask me that you know what is that factor which can uh, let these hackers and malicious people win. There are just two factors. First is a greed. And second is a fear. All these lottery tickets, all these lottery scams, all these Rolex and big companies, uh, you know, uh, get 70%, 80% discount on the very premium uh, Swiss watches. All these businesses, they work on your greed, you know. Even this honey trap works on your greed, on your lust. So if you take care of your greed, if you take care of your lust and you build your character in a way that I will not accept anything less than what it is. Like I will I will pay full price of it. I'm not going to take any dramatic discount on these products because what sense does it make? Why would a designated, uh, you know, renowned watchmaker would give away their, you know, real gold watches, watches for 70-80% uh, of discount? Yeah, what sense sense does it make? Even uh, earlier, uh, someone uh, emailed me uh, as a spam that I'm going to inherit you my funds. I am a royal prince of uh, so and so land, and uh, I mean
0: that's like the OG scam.
1: (laughs) Exactly, and
0: people fall for that. (laughs) that Like people literally share their uh,
1: passports, and people share the transfer fee. Like you know what they ask? They ask for $300 transfer uh, fee to transfer me one million dollars. And I said that okay, you don't transfer me one million dollar. If you really want to transfer me, just uh, you know have uh, six hundred for you double, and transfer me rest of the funds. I'm not going to give you any of it. So uh, yeah. these are the things that never share your private information to the source you don't know, and uh, never even reply to such emails because you never know what script they have in the email. And if your uh, you know spam detector cannot detect the malicious script, then you might end up sharing a lot of secrets like your IP address and your email headers. There are a lot of things. That you might not know uh, whatever happens in data link and the transport layer of uh, OSI model, or uh, you know three-way handshake whenever we communicate and establish the network communication. So we have to be aware of, of uh, certain things that do not entertain the unknown. You know, as as our uh, you know grandparents told us in the social media, do not get attached and involved to that things which is presented to you without auditing and verifying it. So that's that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, that's the very basis of it. And uh, lastly, I would like to tell you something about the physical security. That you carry your phone, you carry your laptop, right? Never ever set a password which is uh, guessable or predictable, like your birth date, like your name, like anything that can be connected to you. That's the first thing. Second thing, never leave your belongings unattended. If it is not in the area of your surveillance, do not leave them there because uh, there are higher chances that people can literally uh, you know extract some information by injecting the usb pen drives or any other digital devices like this see this is one of the usb uh, device this is a computer in itself this has a computational chip and processor this is loaded with uh, malicious scripts so if i just plug it in to your devices you know i can literally ex- extract your saved cookies and password and all of that things which i want to I can create. I can just change the mode from here. Uh, this is a switch, so I can just change the mode, and I can literally uh, do perform a different uh, espionage operations and different uh, covert. I can also drop a different shells into your yeah. uh, computer, the backdoor. So in future and forever, I can get the access.
0: And what is it called?
1: Well, this can be a bad USB. This can this is literally known as a bad USB or wow. uh, injector. I mean, they, I mean these, these things are not literally a product that has a particular name. These are
0: tiny computers. It's a cyber weapon.
1: Yeah, these are the cyber weapons. Like, these are the tiny computers, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's one company I would like to uh, share. Heck5.org. Five. Heck five this is the company where it creates all of this product, like this pen drive. And then there is another uh, USB drive called USB Killer. So what this USB killer does is it has a supercharged capacitor that can fry up your system. So even if I don't want to hack you, I I will just fry up your motherboard by uh, supercharging capacitor, by just injecting this USB uh, to your computer and your computer will be out of service. And it can cause you a really uh, you know big amount of money to replace the motherboard. And also, uh, all it comes down to one thing that uh, in the physical layer of security, always be aware. And never leave your uh, digital devices out of your own sight, you know, unattended. Because we never know who can uh, access them and, uh, you know, get the information.
0: When we are discussing cyber weapons, right? And when we're discussing security in general, Hmm. the attitude that I have noticed in people, individuals as well as corporates, is that they question, why would someone hack me? What do I have to lose? I'm a very small company. I operate in isolation. Even if the hacker gets my email addresses, I don't care. And I don't think that's the attitude you should go for. Because hackers are not in just for money, right? They're in for data. And they can monetize the data by directly selling it or they can do some funny stuff with it.
1: Well, not just monetize it; they can uh, steal your identity. Identity theft is a crime in, uh, you know, it's really, it is another pandemic in itself. And uh, by identity theft, I can just buy uh, the SIM card on your name. I can get a loan in a cybersecurity event called DEFCON, D-E-F-C-O-N, DEFCON, uh, which is held in, uh, recently held in the United States. Well, what I have noticed there is uh, even the, you know, a previous uh, former president of the United States, his uh, SSN number, social security number got leaked publicly wow. in DEFCON. <laughs> yes. And it it was really
2: scary Terrifying.
1: for uh, yeah. a lot of people that if a president's uh, social security number, his uh, MasterCard and Visa card, credit card details were leaked, with all the private information, including the personal identification, including the PIN was leaked. So wow. what can be secured? You know, if the president itself is not secured. So they say that allegedly this SSN number belongs to the former president of United States. And well, some people, you know, they claim that this is a valid data. So basically with these information, with your government ID or anything of that sort where, uh, which can compromise your identity and, you know, let hackers steal your identity. Hackers can literally order the things online. They can. You know, open up a ghost banking account on your name without you noticing. They can do a lot of malicious activity. They can explore Darknet and, you know, uh, they can uh, basically uh, buy a SIM card on your name and then use that internet, that communication channel to extort someone or do the terrorist activity, anti-social activity. So identity theft uh, is, is is really a big, uh, I, I, as I said, a pandemic in itself. That's why you should you should be worried. Even though you are just a common man, even though you have no digital business or online store or any other you know, sensitive information to be conducted or any sensitive operation to be conducted or sensitive information that you hold, like regardless of that, uh, you have to keep your privacy and security intact because this is actually a very widespread uh, statement that I received from everyone out there that, uh, why would I need the security? What for?
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: We are just a merchant, they say. There's a spice merchant in uh, Jakarta, Indonesia, and he says that I'm just a spice merchant. Why would I get a security? I just trade spices. And yeah. <laughs> I told him that, see, it's not about your business. It's it's all about the privacy. That okay, if you get hacked, see, if if I hack, for say, let's take an example, this of this, uh, of this uh, spice merchant. If I hack the spice merchant, you know. I can get his dealer's uh, dealer price, like uh, just like the recent incident happened in my own city, where this person have music store, they sell guitar and all the music equipment, you know musical equipment. they got hacked and their dealer price got public. So now people know that the guitar, which is10,000 dollars worth, uh, they are getting it for 35 percent less of the price in, in dealers price. So now people will bargain. And the market will be totally, uh, you know, ruined because the the prices are out. The manufacturing price, the dealer price, all that layers which was encapsulated is, is public now. So just like that, for even for the traders, even for the you know non-technical businesses, they have to keep up uh, with their security because their business, their whole supply chain can be leaked, and you know people can be a competition or uh, you know, it's not good for a business if every card is uh, out in the game. So that's one thing. Privacy is one aspect, but other thing is, if your identity is stolen, in some case you can get some legislative help if you can prove that your identity is stolen. But how many? Just tell me how many of these people are technologically uh, savvy to prove that their uh, identity uh, was stolen? Because government and lawsuits will come for you if uh, any any malicious activity is done from your end. They will not care that uh, whether your identity is stolen because government tells you one thing, that your data is your responsibility. If you are not responsible enough, then that is a crime in itself. Some people may have a compassion with the attorney and all that privileges that, okay, uh, I got hacked. So you can get less of a trouble with the lawsuits, but you can't obliterate the trouble. You can't just, you know, walk free with the lawsuit because you have to understand these things that uh, although your identity was hacked, you know, the identity theft happened. Still, uh, you are the responsible person. At least uh, some of the hiccups you'll get, if not all. So you have to be aware. This is the main reason why every one of us should be aware that uh, this always touches us and our uh, you know loved ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. And especially, right, now that there are state-sponsored ransomware attacks, What they are really doing is they will not directly try to target the company itself. What they will do instead is they will try to hack one employee who is not very happy with the employer, Mm. right? And then make the employee convince the employer to pay the ransom for whatever information they are stealing. Like, think about it this way if the employee, right, if he's disgruntled, he's not happy with the employer. So he he has a handshake deal with the hacker and he himself using the company email addresses spreads the ransomware software to all the employees. And I've been reading about this over the last one week since we we were discussing about doing the episode Mm. and turns out this is a very big problem for big corporates. Because if I'm getting a ransomware link from one of my colleagues or one of my friends, chances are I'm going to click on it. Okay. Yeah. Got so, the point. Yeah.
2: This is uh,
1: known as insider attack, I can say, that uh, okay. if you have uh, rotten fruit in your basket, inside your basket, then all the other fruits can be, uh, you know, uh, can get rotten and, you know, uh, that's a breach, yes. Well, uh, I think there are some uh, companies for taking it very seriously, I can say, and they have this uh, limited access privilege. Like, they have set it up a protocol where all these employees, all this corporate hierarchical structure from CEO to CTO to all the managerial positions to the employees to the end worker, even to the janitors like, uh, you know, uh, all these categories have given a limited access. For say, if you are a janitor, then you are given a designated time frame for each floor. So apart from out of that timeline, you will not get, you will not have any access. So that generally, uh, what we can prescribe, uh, this organization, there are two different levels, as I, as I earlier uh, mentioned. First is the physical security, where your own physical, you know, assets, all this uh, tangible assets like uh, your uh, server room, your cameras, your, uh, you know, storage, all of these things, wherever it is physically placed, you have to secure that premises physically by giving a limited access or you know putting it into the surveillance and actively consciously monitoring that and setting some of the bars and parameters uh, who can who cannot access these things right apart from that apart from the physical part of the access you are talking about a very uh, important uh, problem here which is insider intruder like the intruder is uh, one of yours and those who can uh, you know whisper and whisper sync with the hacker and then you know, if your insider knows the system, then they can definitely exploit. Like if one of your employee uh, will send a PDF to you, you are more likely to open it, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, the basic solution for it is always keep your operating system up to date because it has the latest security patch. Second thing is always use some of the third-party uh, software, just like intrusion detection system, the firewalls. Then uh, yeah, it can be software firewalls, IDS, IPS can be uh, physical in nature, it depends on your budget, what you can uh, you know spend. Second thing is, always verify the file. Do not interact with the file. If you're talking about the corporate infrastructure, then I always uh, recommend that use the, I can say, virtualization. Use the virtual where, where, uh, you know, any alien file system you receive, any alien, uh, you know, I can say, a uh, communication line you receive, which has data on it, MP three, JPEG images, uh, PDFs, any Word, Excel, PowerPoint file, any amount of alien files that you receive in your system inbound before opening it and uh, transferring into the main system, you can do two things. First of all, there are uh, different websites like Virus Total and all of that, which have uh, all these uh, different uh, antivirus engine and malicious uh, code detector. So if you upload your file there, it can. Uh, tell that, okay, uh, you know, if it's a known signature, a known fo- footprint of the virus, you're lucky enough, you can uh, get the detection there and you're not supposed to open that. Apart from that, the virtualization is really necessary and prescribed that, uh, you know, every time uh, this big corporate site, uh, if they set up the virtual environment as a first layer of security, very air gap, like it just uh, communicates, you know, it's just establishing the communication in the intranet for say you are a manager of a company and you have to send uh, an email to the CEO. So it, the whole communication network will go through this, this tunneling where uh, you and the CEO has this tunneling from the CEO's node. There are no other uh, network uh, going out or there is no, there is no other things. There, is, there are no other nodes who are uh, communicating. So if you create a mesh of the internal network and every, every node, uh, there is a virtualization or uh, a virtual image like VMware or any other, uh, you know, virtual uh, environment is set it up as a honey trap or I can say as, a, you know, one-step air gap method uh, without bridging the connection. So what's going to happen there is even if you get hacked or even if you have, uh, you know, any malicious activity going on, it will limit the system to that end. And if one of your system or any of your system uh, detects this kind of activity, you can just reset the state, you know, You can just reset the previous state, which was not uh, malicious uh, and which was very clean. And there you go, without a hassle. You can just reset the state into the system restore point. And uh, there you go. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I I still remember uh, there are some really uh, good uh, hotels Uh, while I was traveling to Indonesia, Singapore, United States and all of these countries, right? Whenever uh, some good five-star hotels, they have the business desk where they are providing a customer computer system, you know. So regardless of the operating system of the computer, one thing I have noticed that any hotel which can provide a public desk with the the computers on board, like, or even if you go to the airports, right, there are some kiosks where you can just interact with their own computers for free. You can log in, you can browse, you can do your own, uh, you know, activities with that computer. We have noticed one thing that it is always a virtualized technology which has a system restore point every time it gets restarted. So how this work is, suppose uh, at this time, uh, you start a session in this publicly available computer, right? Available for the yeah. public use. Yeah. What you would do is, you would just log in and then conduct your activities. Suppose there are some malicious activities that you have conducted in this particular system. After the session gets end, right? You know what's going to happen? After end amount of time, the system will go to the restore point so the every system time. every time a new user comes the system will go to the restore point and the restore point is also handled from the bios to make sure that there is no rootkit and also there are very less chances of privilege escalation there because there are, you know the user is not given a super user permissions and there are there are they are limiting the process and the code execution So some code which are, which requires some privileges like installation of a new software or anything like that will never be, uh, you know, entertained. Even the terminal is not entertained. Only uh, in-house, very uh, closed system of communication is uh, available for uh, public use to make sure that uh, public information is not uh, getting leaked or hacked or compromised. So the same model, I think some of the corporates are already following. And uh, those who are not, they should literally follow these process where if there is a communication from managerial to the upper level or lower level taking place, they have to make sure that there is a separate proper communication channel. And through that communication channel, all this data is already being filtered. And uh, those files who requires a privilege and who requires you know uh, some special super user or administrative permission, uh, they they must not be entertained because v- since when does the PDF file or JPEG or image or uh, MP three or any other files requires admin permi- uh, permission no so yeah it's it's uh, very basic uh, I I think uh, apart see currently the intrusion detection engines or the antivirus are uh, focusing on the signature or the footprint or fingerprint of the you know malicious code and all. But I think uh, there is another hybrid approach which is currently uh, developed by the artificial intelligence that is a behavioral approach. That my application is, once it's installed in my system, what behavior it is doing. Is it creating a lot of duplicate files? Is it throttling my uh, file system and uh, processing? Is it doing a buffer overflow exploit? Is, is it uh, doing anything which uh, this particular nature should not do? So I think behavioral analysis of every application and framework should be very insightful to detect the intrusion. And yes, uh, this, this, I think, answers everything that behavioral pattern analysis and virtualization of the communication channel and basically, you know, client system or I can say customer support system can decimate a lot of risk.
0: Yep. And for those of those of you who are listening to this, if you need more information, we will be, you know, linking links to blogs and resources if if they want to dig deeper into whatever we're discussing right now. Moving on to the next question, in the news, right, we keep on getting headlines that hundred thousand accounts on Facebook were hacked and data was leaked. There is a insurance company in America whose data was hacked, and now they have found out that whose Uh, data was hacked like from from the customers and now they are approaching the customers whose data was compromised and there is I think a lawsuit going on on what should be the compensation for the data lost. When I read that news I was almost relieved by the idea Mm. that the company is doing something about the data that was compromised but on a daily basis there are so many big tech companies whose data is getting hacked on a daily basis and I don't think they are doing enough to compensate the users whose data is being compromised. Yes, uh, there will be a government lawsuit and they will pay a fine to the government, but then nothing really happens to the users whose data is compromised. So what are your thoughts on, you know, how this can be tackled?
1: Well, uh, it may sound very rebellious. It may sound very uh, out of the blue, you know, but I do not think that any amount of compensation can compensate for the data that I have lost. So rather than uh, you know giving a compensation for the damages done, yes, there should be some platform where uh, the damage, if the damage is uh, reversible, and I I I'm, I'm very uh, you know sure that it is. Basically, if uh, people has bought a SIM card on my name, and I can just block that SIM card services and then put uh, this uh, referendum or put some notice to this uh, mobile phone uh, you know cell companies that whatever activities was conducted till this date with these particular SIM cards or this particular uh, you know, proof of purchase is not committed by the user. So disregard. Yeah. And monitor and send the data to the intelligence if it is any anti-social activity. So that way, my reputation is saved because the SIM card and all of that things is, is, is not active and not li- relatively linked to me. Second thing, yeah. well, if my social security number is compromised, then government can just change it. And, uh, without me getting a hassle. And yeah, I mean, $100 or $20 for my Uber or whatever the, you know, transportation or communication expenses is there. That should be compensated, but, uh, they should not compensate the user in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because see, if you are saying that the data is invaluable, then it is literally invaluable. There is no price of my data. Rather than that, yeah. I can give really, you know, a solution where it can literally help users. See, when the damage is done, you can't do anything. Whatever the reversible actions are there. One must uh, even government uh, should help them to reverse it, and whatever the expenses yeah. that government has to go through, this company should pay to the government, you know. But to the user point of view, I I think uh, giving money to the user may satisfy the ego or you know I mean uh, may satisfy the greed, but may not satisfy the need because uh, that's not what they need. So they should spend more on their security infrastructure, uh, to make impeccable security where uh, you know. I mean, I know that uh, it may sound very contradicting. There is no impeccable security. But what I mean by impeccable security is uh, follow your own, uh, you know, industry uh, standard guidelines. Follow all of that things, which is very recommendable for uh, silver bullet uh, security. And there you go. Like, uh, you know, because one of the thing is, even in CON and Black Hat, uh, I had a conversation with uh, Jeff Moss, who is the founder of Black Hat and Defcon Association. He told me a very simple thing that there are terrorists and there are counter-terrorists. There are thieves and there are police. Now, why? Even though we have counter-terrorists, even though we have police, even though we have anti-cyber-criminal uh, you know, uh, squad, these things are happening. And the very basic reason is the budget and expenditure. And why I would recommend not to compensate directly, uh, you know, millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars to the end user, but to improve your security budget. Because for say, uh, let's take your company for an example. If you have a company, then you must have a budget for development. Yes, you have a budget for branding and you have a budget for all this employment and all, the infrastructural improvement. My question to you is, what is your budget for the cybersecurity? Like if you have 100% of revenue and 100% of investment, you know, out of that 100%, how many percentage would you invest in your cybersecurity budget?
0: I think i'm not really sure how much budget is required but i think 5 to 8% i believe is a good amount to get started and then as your company grows and as you become more responsible for your customers data you can eventually increase that amount depending on you know what kind of business you are in
1: regardless of your of the nature of your business people have a budget of 5 to 8% or maybe 15% right of their Security infrastructure. They want to spend. Do you know how uh, how much budget, how much percentage these hackers are currently committing to intrude you?
2: Hundred
1: yeah. more than hundred percent because they they are yeah. debt. They run on all these uh, you know deficit things and uh, you know uh, prepayment and all of that. So even they don't have hundred yeah. percent of the wealth. They will just hack it. They will just make their own way uh, and spend yeah. more. Uh, for the research how they can intrude you so this is the fundamental uh, battle where all the people who wanted to secure themselves has and it's 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 very fair like it's it's very practical definitely that the the bad guys are definitely going to have more budget because it it is their mainstream business your mainstream uh, business is something else it's not no one's mainstream business is going to be uh, their own security because how they're going to earn from their own security right yeah. So yeah. So this is the fundamental uh, difference between a uh, hacker and uh, any other business who are literally being uh, you know a target of these hacking uh, groups. That like you are spending yeah. so little, they are spending so much to overcome these challenges. So this is a very fundamental difference. Uh, why these things are happening? You know why there are uh, dichotomies and uh, hackers and you know this cyber police. So yeah. uh, that's a fundamental thing. Budget makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I also think, right, is that technology in general grows exponentially mm. every year. And the pandemic has accelerated that growth, right? But the legal system does not work that fast. It takes time to, now, f- first of all, understand the technology and then implement legalities or laws to, you know, regulate it. Do you think the legal framework of any country, from a developing country to a few of the most developed countries, mm. is falling behind when it comes to implementing cyber laws.
1: Well, yes, uh, I can say that law is uh, pretty comprehensive, but uh, execution and enforcement of the law is literally lagging behind in not some of, but all of the countries where they make, the lawmaker will always make the law to protect us, but then the enforcement is a big challenge where the prosecutor will always, you know, prosecute uh, this uh, person who is breaking the law. But then it's not just uh, ends there. After persecuting, they have to show the facts to the court. They have to uh, present all of these data and logs and all, and that analysis takes time. And uh, that is also, uh, I can say, a boon and bless and curse. Everything, you know, it, it, always a dichotomy, as I said. That is a wonderful that no one can be victimized without checking the facts and while fact checking always takes some amount of time it will cost you some time so it costs some delay well yeah but I can say that if uh, there is some framework that there are very black and white like do's and don'ts and if you do this regardless of your intent you know this is wrong so yeah uh, they they should explore more because see the thing is just like you said, uh, technology like blockchain, for an example, is evolving so fast and it's literally disrupt- disrupting the, the finance market in a way that no one could ever imagine, right? It got more than trillion dollars worth of market capital. So governments are not ready, like, uh, you know, for these things because these are so novel, so complex technology, even to comprehend for a very technical person. I was conducting, yeah. you know, a blockchain class, uh, online uh, tutorials. And uh, all of my students were PhDs in uh, this yeah. particular uh, technical field. So, even PhD has yeah. to refer this uh, blockchain uh, nuances and all. So, for government, right? See, if we uh, use this, this term, government, what is government? Who are governments? These are individuals who take some responsibility to run the country and make the law and enforce it, right? Now, these individuals are uh, already under the burden of uh, the legislative process and all the political process. So I don't think yeah. that they are very up to date with the current technological yeah. trend because they have just 24 hours. Whereas the technology, yeah. right? It's exponentially uh, growing in a way that 24 seven, you are, uh, you know, uh, turning on your computers and uh, making a server room and then the neural uh, network can learn by itself and evolve. So yeah. we humans are limited by time where the machines are not. If you can just uh, double the, you know, processing power, you have more uh, time. In computational form than you ever had before. Like uh, earlier, when I was using a Pentium 4 processor in Intel, I had another uh, you know desktop system, very old desktop system. To transfer 10 MB it used to take around uh, five to ten minutes. Just 10 megabytes. And right now, I have uh, you know achieved uh, very good uh, processing power by buying one of the fastest uh, CPU. That it just takes uh, one or two seconds. You know, even I can transfer in gigabytes of memory from one end to another, end within a minute, and here we go. So I can buy more time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That with the more processing yeah. power, computer and technology can buy more time. And as a human uh, reference, if I want to refer and understand the technology, I just have 24 hours to comprehend this complex form yeah. of technology. So that's where we we fall behind. That's where I think a lawmaker can, uh, you know, create some kind of uh, think tank or I can say uh, red teaming and blue teaming employment where uh, all the yeah. malicious uh, attempt and all the security attempts can be uh, neutralized in new era of technology. And they can literally prescribe the government and what, for, say, a blockchain. So we should make a blockchain council. Some of the country already have done it. And, uh, you know, that this is a blockchain technology, as I understood as an expert, and, uh, you know, this is what we can do to enforce the proper laws, to make sure that our citizens are secure, non-social use of this technology. So I think, yes, uh, we definitely are falling. As I say, uh, one penny short and one day late. So uh, that is there. But I think uh, with time, I think it it can improve. It can be improved, definitely. It's going to be improved.
0: So my next question was exactly this. Will we ever be able to catch up legally with technology? Well, because if we don't, right, then it, it it seems to me that we will almost always be vulnerable to all this, you know, threat.
2: Well,
1: yes, that's why I have also started writing a book called Bharat Vidata, that means, uh, you know, the decisive, uh, the decision maker of the destiny of the country, you know. So uh, there I have also included this uh, particular uh, topic where, uh, you know, the lawmakers, I have to really keep up with the technological advancement and how they can do it. And yes, uh, there are possibilities that we will definitely uh, catch up with this technology once we understand. See, mm, how to explain? Uh, There's always, uh, you know, uh, the mountain pattern that uh, there is a time where you reach at the peak of the technology and then it starts uh, neutralizing it, like uh, neutralizing the evolution. And uh, I'm not uh, making this controversial statement, but let me tell you something in 90s and 80s right there was an era where we were finding a lot of things in uh, earlier uh, era where we have nikola tesla and einstein and you know wonderful scientists right we used to discover a very fundamental physical uh, laws like you know law of gravity is there and then uh, different you know advancement in the science now once the very basis of uh, scientific theories is found Now, we are just building on top of it, like for, say, mobile phones, right? You just compare with a decade how the whole evolution of the mobile phones uh, came into the existence. And uh, see, compare it with the last five years. You will not see much of the evolution. Like, I'm using this phone and the camera is getting better, the display is there. But, I mean, it's not very drastic or dramatic change, you see. So, uh, that's what I feel, that technology will always have this wave of a mountain that yeah. at some point it will evolve like crazy. It will dramatically evolve. But it's after achieving that, for some period of time, there's a hibernation time, like uh, the mobile phone. You know, the mobile phone now nowadays will come in the very uh, similar or same uh, shape and sizes, right? And uh, due to that, the main thing is that uh, there is not much of it that the government or the lawmaker or legislator have to learn like uh, OS, yeah. is like if you take Apple, for example, it's the same OS uh, for the different model. For, say, uh, Android, it is very generalizing the technology. So when these kind of things happen, basically lawmakers can get, uh, or the government legislator can get uh, very, you know, uh, solace that, okay, uh, we don't need to catch up a lot. Because now currently, this particular sector is on the hibernate sector, you know, section. For, say, automobile, it is literally uh, doing the wonders in the fuel uh, emission technology and all, and the automation, like auto-driving and all. But this auto-driving yeah. and all of that is currently on the developing stage. Once it is fully developed, it, it will reach uh, at the peak of that, uh, you know, digital transformation and evolution. And then it will hi- hibernate for at least five years until the next big thing will arrive. So, yeah, definitely, like, even even the blockchain, right? It It is, I think, 10 to 12 years old, particularly uh, Bitcoin, in in the commercial existence and uh, earlier it was very hard to comprehend but now uh, every other country is making the law about it singapore dubai united states even india is trying to make some uh, come up with uh, you know some good legislation so i think yeah uh, once the technology is understood now this blockchain technology they are trying to comprehend and understand once they fully understand then anything comes up uh, in this ledger of blockchain will be easily you know cope up and uh, comprehended so that's the beauty of it. I can say that, yeah, we must not be uh, very, I can say, uh, pessimistic about this or highly optimistic about it. We have to be conscious that what kind of uh, advancement the technology is giving us. And according to that, definitely it's educational process 24 seven throughout the time. And I think we need to hire more tech savvy people in the uh, lawmaking and, you know, legislative process and more technical people, I can say, those who are researchers of this particular field. So that can that can definitely cope up with the you know lawmaking process.
0: Yeah, there is a very famous story about the automobile industry that when uh, Mr. Ford came up with the mass production of cars, everyone started buying the cars. But at that time, right, the seat belts were not mandatory, and there were a lot of people dying because of accidents since there were no seat belts, and the data was very clear. That if you just add a seatbelt, the probability of a person dying because of a car crash drastically decreases. But even with the proven data, right, it took the the world or the legislation to catch up and eventually impose a law that you cannot drive without a seatbelt. Let's say it took half a decade or a decade, right? Because the automobile industry was lobbying against it. Yes. And. Even if even the data is there, the experts, experts know it, but experts are lobbying against it. Right. So, yes, eventually everyone understood and the law is law was there, but there was a lot of collateral damage. And when I say collateral damage, people died. Right. Now, that was automobile industry 50, 60 years ago. Now we are now we are talking about cyber warfare. Yes, which can grow, I don't know, maybe thousands of times faster than the car industry. True, right? I don't know. It it scares me a little bit. I'm not trying to be pessimist here, but I don't know the solution, or even I don't even know the people who has a solution.
1: Well, see, whenever we want to, uh, you know, rectify certain issues, right? Like uh, cyber warfare in general, right? I mean, it is very vague. I can say very uh, vague or fugal state where we just uh, determine a particular keyword that there's a cyber warfare going on, state-sponsored cyber warfare is going on. And yes, there is. But again, if you stick to the basics, right, if you can uh, literally commit yourself that these are the uh, do's and don'ts, I think you're pretty much secured. Like uh, for say, uh, how to say that? How to comprehend? Let me think about it. Uh, For say, uh, a ransomware, right? Again, this ransomware what is the origin of it people have a greed so greed to get cracked the software for uh, free of cost and uh, i know that reverse engineering and cracking a software may uh, you know take up to 5 to maybe uh, 10 days to a month maybe a year i don't know the complexity of the software so this this much time if anyone any individual being or any group of people is spending to crack a software Do you think they're going to do it for free? Some people are there, some pirates are there, the cyber pirates who do it for free, but then you never know that what are those intentions, you know, what are they trying to extract from you? And sometimes, and most of the times, I can say that the crack the software have a virus and malicious code that you run in your system and then the ransomware attack happened. So some of the country are literally providing you free MP3, free uh, songs, free movies, free streaming, uh, you know, free software, cracked software that, uh, you know, this uh, citizens will download it and then, you know, run it in their own system, giving the admin privilege while you install it. And then, you know, the all the system will be taken care by them and the whole control will be uh, under their hands. So, these are the things, these are the nuances that you have to understand. See, as I told you, you must not fear. You think it rationally. You must not, uh, you know, your, your greed must not overcome your, your uh, rational thinking. That's it. So, I mean, if these two things are taken care of, right, I think you're, you're pretty safe, man. Like, uh, cyber warfare is going on, but, uh, you know, even this uh, managerial uh, aspect of the big corporation, right, or for, say, in the government sector, what will they do? They will either hijack the individual's computer and make them a demon to participate in the bigger attack or brute-forcing attack or anything like that, right? Or either they will just enter and attack uh, this uh, government system uh, for, say, a rail reservation system, you know, airport uh, system or anything, just power grid, anything. Like, you take one system, a signaling system, the road uh, safety signal system and all, so they can intrude that. So if you take care of these two things—that uh, communicational protocol uh, must not uh, escalate the privilege apart from a proper uh, admin uh, criteria setup—and second thing is a physical security. Then no one should enter this room regardless of who he is. So these things are uh, very important. And the other aspect I told you about is the social engineering and art of deceptive manipulation. That is like uh, you know if I uh, talk. The IRS to you.
0: example we talked about.
1: Exactly. Oh, that is that is just a simple example like social engineering. But even uh, let me tell you one uh, wonderful example by one of my friend uh, Chris hednegi His name is uh, Christopher hednegi He uh, uh, you know written uh, so many books about you know social engineering and art of deception. And one of which is my favorite, Unmasking the Social Engineer. Uh, one should read it. And he, uh, I met him in DEFCON, the same, uh, InfoSec uh, conference. And he shared a very, uh, you know, uh, comedy yet a very insightful experience that he was, uh, doing, uh, you know, a security testing in a company. And, uh, he was not authorized to, uh, enter the server room, but yet he did, uh, made his way, uh, there. And he shared a wonderful story with us that if you allow me, I can narrate. Definitely. He's a very, you know, innovative guy, innovative person. So what he did is, he just enters the premises and uh, there's a, you know, like, there's a big door. Uh, like, uh, you know, very in New York City, always all the hotels and all the big I mean, corporations have very, very big doors. And that, that is open and all this grandiose, uh, you know, framework that you have. So this Chris, right, he have hired just four people for him to open that big doors and make him feel like a boss there. So he just entered there in a very, you know, grand, uh, you know, uh, royal uh, image. He just uh, these these two people, uh, man in black wearing a black suit, is opening that big doors for him. So the first impression that will put on the front desk is, oh, some big guy come, you know, uh, is is coming towards the uh, the office. So that's the first uh, technique of deception. Uh, he approaches the front desk and he asks, uh, you know, the attendees that, okay. Uh, I'm uh, Mr. John Doe, whatever the name is. I'm Mr. This. And I'm the chief of this particular thing. You know, I'm there for the audit and stuff. And she was like, totally mesmerized by the whole speech and whole plot because like, there are four people There are four bodyguards for him. And, you know, he cannot be a malicious guy because the uniform speaks for itself. So he got the first access from the front desk that he wanted to go to the server room. Second thing, he was just walking and walking and walking, and then he approached this uh, server room. He was about to open the door. He got approached uh, this uh, security team. So one of the security uh, personnel just uh, snatched him by the sh- uh, shoulder and said, "Hey, uh, you know what? Hands up! Uh, you're you're not authorized to come here. We haven't given you know any instruction that this kind of a uh, person like look like uh, will will come here, and you know we don't have your name." So he said, "Okay, okay, my hands are up." just uh, put a letter uh, from my front pocket. So the security guy, the security personnel, he just, uh, you know, put on this uh, letter from his front pocket. And this letter, right, the logo was uh, logo of the company was printed and it was uh, literally a duplicate copy of the that corporation's uh, letterhead. Wow. And in this letterhead, it was written that, congratulations to the security uh, guard. Congratulations you caught me you will be rewarded for your uh, active duty and uh, conscious choice of catching me uh, keep your mouth shut we have to be very deceptive about this uh, trial this is a trial going on and i am a security researcher you must cooperate with me you know i need your uh, cooperation with uh, you know further steps and this gentleman chris hednege will guide you towards the next step it was not at all printed and published.
0: It was all made. It up. It was all yeah. made up
1: by him. This guy. He said, <laughs> yeah, "What's your name?" And he said, "My name is Mike. Mike, you are a wonderful security guard. You caught me, man. Shake hands. You will be rewarded for that. I'll talk to the superiors." Yeah. And the Mike was, "Oh, what's your batch number, Mike? I have to write it." So this guy given his batch number two one three, you know, and uh, yeah. so Chris writes the batch number, take a you know selfie with the Mike. So. Mike, it is for uh, the security guard. you was so overwhelming. Oh, wow, you know, I, I got a medal. So again, made it. Yeah. yeah, he's playing with your uh, emotions, right? And this guy, uh, now once he enters the room, there is another security checkpoint. Wait, wait, sir, wait, you, you cannot enter here. Wait, hold on. Check this photo with Mike, badge number 213. You know, he knows me, like, ask him. And this gentleman will let him in all the ways to the server room. He just put this uh, malicious pen drive into the server room and all the communication, will just put a first message, Hey. I'm Christopher Reddegge, you. you've been hacked. Cheers. So, it was a uh, very, you know,
2: yeah.
1: crazy and funny story. But <laughs> how you can, yeah. with a very simple uh, piece of letter, you can just get in.
0: And this is an example of pen testing, right? Y- yeah, it
1: is a penetration testing. Yeah. Not just, uh, you know, penetration testing of the server, but also the physical security. Like I said, you have to be emotionally yeah. very capable of, uh, you know, training your employees yeah. and all in a way that uh, regardless who tells you or what letter, or what is the presentation? Being presented in front yeah. of you, you also think about the consciousness that this is a protocol in this particular wall yeah. of access. Do you see this guy in the access dashboard? No, that means it is not he is not uh, you know uh, commanded or uh, authorized to come here. So why would you give an access? Yeah. Why would you cooperate? Just arrest him and detain him yeah. until the further instructions comes in. You see,
2: Got
1: so it. always follow the protocol. Protocol will save you uh, towards this situation. I can say. In this cyber warfare, right, uh, these agents are physical, generally it's physical uh, breach because uh, yeah. all these governments, like most of the governments, are uh, really, uh, you know, secured uh, software wise and network wise. But there are some insiders, insider demons who are working for them. What I can say, uh, there are some physical aspects towards it, uh, it that get hacked. And when it comes to application security, right, Definitely, there are some uh, flaws in the application securities and framework, but uh, that is something that uh, if you can hire proper talent, right, that can be literally decimated and taken care of. That remedy we already have. But uh, yeah. one thing we have to uh, be very aware, just like you said, that physical security and uh, access management should be there. So even if your insider uh, person is doing some uh, you know, malicious trick with you, you'll be able to trace and audit them uh, with the logs and uh, particular uh, surveillance and uh, protocols. So, yeah, I think that can be the key of it.
0: Now, one more point is coming in my mind, right, when we're discussing. Mm. We discussed that governments should uh, get in touch with experts to build technology to make sure that the citizens are safe. Mm. But in, in that statement, right, we are assuming that we should trust the government, which we should. I'm not saying we should not. But recently, right, there have been cases in a lot many countries. Just very recent, like last week only, the president of the Haitian president was assassinated in his own bedroom. Yes. So it seems to me that this is a very double-sided squad.
1: Well, uh, let me rephrase uh, what you have recently said. We should trust the constitution. We should trust the book of law, not the individual who is running the government. I think that's a very auditable way Makes to sense. do it. Power to the people. Whereas in this democracy, by the people, B U Y, you know, by the people is a democracy which we live in.
0: <laughs> which? Which democracy are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of uh, democracy in uh, different countries, you know, uh, not being yeah. very specific uh, about any uh, country or the other. But in general, the people with power, right? Those who are corrupted, their slogan is democracy, by the people.
2: So <laughs> by, by the
1: people is B-U-Y, just by them, you know. So that, that's the yeah. way where it should be by the people, B-Y, by the people. So what I'm saying is that, uh, in the democracy, generally, uh, there is a presentation given to you that, uh, Republican versus Democrat, BJP versus Congress party or any other, you know. Uh, liberation Party or this Communist Party and whatever it is there is always uh, going to be the polarity and when you as a citizen get identify get this label of identification on your head that I belong to this party that's where the very basis of it uh, b- very base of uh, i can say uh democracy is broken. you must identify yourself with a nation one nation is 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 what is your identity. You should not be Republican or Democrat or not a BJP guy or, uh, you know, uh, AAP guy or uh, Congress party supporter. You should support your nation. You should support the constitution and let the constitution salvate you. So for say, there may be a cases that in a lot of countries, the government itself is not working for the people and working against them. At that time, if all these people are following the particular constitution of the country, a particular, uh, you know, book of law, Not the book of religion, not the very sacred book. Just let's take India for an example. Hypothetically, if every citizen today at this moment commit that we are devoted to the constitution, we are devoted to the book of law, would you think uh, there would be any polarity in the people, any dispute in the people, any religious dispute in the people, or any political dispute in the people? Because if every citizen knows that the book of law is my path of salvation, book of law will protect me, then I think uh, they don't need to fight with each other. They will just fight with the government for their own rights. That, hey, this is the law. This is my right. Why aren't you providing me this thing? So the polarity, because see, divide and rule is the nature of the Western uh, part of the world where uh, they have taught India that divide and rule. And that's what all the other governments are doing. That They are just dividing the people and uh, ruling them in this small cluster. So we as a people should understand during the cyber warfare or during this pandemic or during any of the critical situation or any of the CON protocol where we have to get united as one, as one nation, as one human. See, there is just one race. I I say that human race. That's what we uh, believe in. So if me, uh, you know, I I take myself as a human. You are also human to me, so we are same. Now let us together overcome the poverty, overcome this, uh, you know, uh, security aspect of it, the breach aspect of it, overcome any challenges if, if you think as a human, you know. And if you, if you uh, train your psychology to be uh, more of a human, then, you know, wonderful things uh, are going to happen with you in the space of cybersecurity and social media. First, whatever the political facts, or uh, whatever the political presentation, I can say, tabloid, which is presented to you, you will never believe that. You will always think rationally that, okay, is it is it working towards the humanity or is it just serving the religion? Is it serving a people with a special interest? Is it serving the constitution? No. or oh, yes. You are salvated. Second thing, if some free freebies or any free Rolex or any kind of a premium brand offering something for free. Recently, there was a Twitter hack where uh, Jeff Bezos, all the, you know, Bill Gates uh, and very renowned accounts
2: were uh,
1: accessed. And from this account uh, on the dashboard, uh, you know, there was a post uh, which claims that you have to, every individual have to give some amount of Bitcoin to this particular designated address of these accounts. And they are going to get reimbursed uh, with the double of the amount. And that is what is happening with the Virgin Galactic, uh, with the Richard Sir Richard Branson. Has uh, done a wonderful effort to make uh, you know everyone uh, you know a space traveler, an astronaut. And after that, the lot of people putting some uh, YouTube links and YouTube video. Yesterday, you have mentioned that that people are literally uh, you know uh, demanding some Bitcoin, and they are committing that we will uh, double your Bitcoins once we receive it. Now, this is a great factor. So this is what I would uh, like to share: that never look uh, up or down on someone. Uh, beat a celebrity, beat a very wonderful guy, you know, a very renowned guy. Just think about him as a human. Even though authorized uh, channel of Sir Richard Branson or uh, Bill Gates is saying that I'm going to give you double of your Bitcoin. Why would you trust him? What is, even if he gives you the double of the Bitcoin, what is there for him? You have to always think about it. And why would you even think about this greed that, oh, someone give me something for free. There is no free lunch in the world. So if you keep this very basic, you know, or whatever our parents and grandparents has uh, you know taught us and told us if you keep that uh, virtues intact right i don't think you have to worry much about the security because these are the basis like if you think that oh even if it's bill gates you know i i would never trust anyone with my bitcoins so you are secured that way so we have to be always introspective we have to always question the things we don't know we just don't need to believe in a book or in a you know tabloid or any presentation that's way you are open to the thinking and once you are thinking you will at, at the first step you are you are keeping
2: yourself secure
0: so in this conversation right uh, the few steps that we discussed that every individual person can take mm. is to number one think critically exactly and try to audit and if if everyone does it if everyone does it then we all will be secure mostly yeah but now Yes. Now, that statement, right, is based on the assumption, or I would say, optimistic thinking, that everyone can actually think. (laughs) Well, Or everyone, or if, if let's say, even if you, I think everyone can think, we all have brains. But I think over the last few weeks, right, when we were discussing the podcast, you mentioned a very good point where you mentioned that there is never lack of resource. There is only lack of willingness. So, so the solution is simple. Everyone can just think critically and yay, we made it. But is everyone willing to think? Uh, there is no
2: simple answer for that, um, for sure. <laughs> um, well, it's not just about
1: thinking. You know, It's about becoming this. It's about adapting. And people don't like to adapt uh change, you know if a lethargic person uh, you know is uh, doing person their uh, mundane uh, course everyday he if if i preach him something wonderful he will not okay uh, be it uh, wonderful technology but uh, it's very you know time consuming why would i do this it's i have to change my schedule and i don't like change why would i do that so these things are literally a trigger where they, they don't want to uh, you know commit to themselves as a change you know they don't like change where else? Uh, nature is all about changing, you know, and adapting, but adaptation is really a big challenge. That's why I mean, in this field, uh, definitely very optimistic scenario that we have, uh, you know, presented that you have to think and all. But yeah, uh, thinking for some people is very hard.
0: Yeah, and there is a lot of inertia, right, mm. to to make that change. Yes. and I think all these hacker groups or these companies, right, they are actually exploiting the inertia.
1: Exactly. But
0: that's where that's where we have the uh,
1: responsibility, you know, that we have to make them think, yeah. not out of their own, yeah. uh, you know, greed or uh, something to gain there. But we just will question that. Okay, just like you said, that what is in for me, right? What do I have to yeah. gain if uh, you know I'm uh, literally securing myself? I'm just a spice trader. I'm just this or I'm just that very tiny man. I, I what I have to lose? If you question that. Don't question it with a carelessness or carefreeness. Question it with a consciousness. Hmm, what I have to lose if I got hacked? Yeah. What I have to lose? What I can lose? You yourself can uh, give you the answer. You know, the answer yeah. will come from within. Oh, I'm just a spy But what I have to lose if I get hacked? If you think about, imagine yeah. the possibilities, right? You'll get to unfold these things that, oh, I have to lose a lot of things if I don't stay secure. Identity theft is just yeah. one little part of it. The cyber yeah. squatting is there, the cyber ransom is there, where they can just uh, take your face, you know, some of the photo of your face and uh, create, I can say, a morphed video. Morphed video means there is a library called Deep Fake with which you can just yeah. insert some of the pictures and can create a video out of yourself and mask your, uh, you know, uh, whole uh, animated uh, appearance in whatever uh, the hacker or the malicious people mm-hmm. desire. And it's already out there in uh, different platforms like YouTube and all through such fake what it can do. So, yeah. well, not to make anyone conscious or I can say a very uh, paranoid about the whole aspect, yeah. what I'm saying is create some protocol, create some, uh, I can say, uh, good practices and think more to keep yourself secure and uh, think it rationally and consciously. That's what I can say like one of the examples i can give is uh, call and sms so everyone thinks that's a general illusion that if i am getting a call or a number, you know sms from number 1234 for say for an example then th- that is the person who is literally calling me like if 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 someone calls me from number 911 there oh this is a real 911 no there is something called call spoofing call spoofing is a concept where uh, one can mask the number. Like if my number is 123456789, I can just mask the number 911 and call you from the number 911. That does not mean that I'm literally calling from the authorized police channel. I'm just masking that with the wipe and NVMO protocols and literally exploiting you. So for say currently, yeah. we are having a podcast and I will get an incoming call from my dad. Yes. From his number, my my father's number, and some unknown person is saying, hey, there is an accident. Uh, come down to this hospital. Come down here. Your dad is highly injured. I'll just, without thinking, I'll just rush there. That should not be the case. Okay. You take the details. Write down the details. And then call on your dad's designated saved number, which you have in your direction, uh, di- directory. If the same person picks up, then there might be a possibility. But do not go alone. All by yourself. Tell this. Communicate with your other family members make and do yeah. not uh, carry a lot of uh, sensitive things or money or anything just visit there yeah. with the people group of people that even trust and secure and even call the police hey I-, I got this call at this location my dad is heavily injured or something has happened you know so communication is the key here so these are the protocols yeah. I-, I have my family i have a family protocol that anyone comes into my home and say that uh, jay told me to you know hand over his gear or guitar or anything right they will always call me first until they get confirmation from me. My mom and dad will never hand over my documents to them. So yeah. these are very little things that we have to take care of. Yeah. Uh, for say, I'm calling from ICICI Bank, your, your account will be expired uh, to make sure your account does not expire, You have to share your credit card details. Why? Yeah. If you are a banker, you know my credit card details. You don't need this from me.
2: Yeah. All
1: you have to know is my full name and the registered address. Even that, if you can refuse not to, you can say that uh, I take a fifth or I, I mean that's a very American way to uh, say that I take a fifth amendment uh, if any authority calls you or anything you just you can say that I do not want to answer that uh, let me know from which branch registered branch you're calling from I will be there physically so if there is any yeah. uh, I can say sensitive changes you you want to do with your banking system or any other uh, government or non-government portal right? any sensitive change you have to commit uh, to any of these portals which requires to unfold and you know disclose a lot of private information do not entertain them on the phone always go there in person audit them in person uh, meet with the person check their identity uh, share your identity and then you, you do it in person that's the best way to do it okay yeah. and uh, one of the things i would like to share a lot of uh, atm hacks are happening so you you should always cover your cover your hand you know cover your fingers with your hand and then then uh, press this uh, pin the while you are withdrawing the funds from the atm that's number one number two thoroughly see the atm that whether is it modified the the card slot which can intake the card you know your credit or debit card atm card Just uh, shake that just see that that whether it's a stock whether it matches the theme or what because sometimes yeah. the malicious people right they'll just put uh, on top of it uh, their own uh, you know uh, card system and then they are going to get your data and your PIN, yeah. you know, your PIN has to be always uh, covered. One should never uh, eavesdrop into your PIN, or what's a PIN.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think if, if it's possible, right, every 10 days or 15 days or month, make your own, uh, you know, Cyber Sunday schedule and uh, clean yeah. up your password, reset your password, reset your PINs and all in terms of, like if any other third-party database hack happens, you are secure. Yeah. And never, ever use the same password for every portal. Always use different passwords.
2: So that's why also you are secure.
0: Yeah. You mentioned communication. And we were also discussing big companies who are trying to, you know, protect us. Mm -hmm. And I just got an insight right now. In the very beginning, we discussed that why are these phone manufacturers and laptop manufacturers not giving you a, a template, right? Like information as to how to secure yourself from all these attacks. Now I'm thinking... That privacy is the biggest selling point right now. Yeah, true. So if Apple and Google and all these big companies, right, if they tell you that you have to secure yourself, the question the customer customer will ask is, then why am I paying you? Right. Yeah. So I I think our generation, the times we're living in. Yes. I think we are very high on convenience. And uh, because of that i think we are ready to pay a certain amount extra to these big companies yes to take care of our privacy and security it's it's almost like we are delegating our security i get by your point. Yeah. 300 dollars extra yeah. and these companies are very smart to also put privacy and security as like the forefront at the of their at the mainstream and the mainstream
1: marketing exactly. campaign like
0: recently i have seen a company
1: who is launching its uh, cloud plus service and this particular company yeah. right yeah, they're telling me that uh, you know they're telling like in person they are, they are uh, showcasing that uh, yeah. we have this you know email masking service where we'll just mask your email while you're logging in with our portal in the cloud plus services and then uh, if yeah. you if you buy our uh, storage cloud uh, your your things are secured and all now my question is that's that's how i always say uh, to all these end users that definitely i'm not against any company they're doing a wonderful job by creating this wonderful piece of technology but how do you know they are not going to use and analyze your data? How do you know? Is there any auditability?
0: Yeah. Because it's. So there is no There's no
1: auditability. Some of the companies yeah. uh, will never be auditable. Even their parts are not available online. Even they don't give you the right to repair, which is your basic right in electronics. And you at least have a yeah. right to repair. They don't give it to you. Yeah. So there are a lot of companies who wanted to be very exclusive and very monopolistic by reaching this trillion dollar market cap and stuff but these companies right uh, definitely some of the companies do respect your privacy like uh, proton mail one of the wonderful company uh, whose uh, founder uh, refused to give upon any control to the different uh, legislative uh, people and you know he he just told them that see if you want to confiscate some uh, you know anti social uh, activist arrest them let them open this uh, you know vault or let them open this uh, thing no why you yes. are jeopardizing yeah, right. the whole security server because see again we do not know whether the government is right or not we know for sure constitution yeah. is right constitution and the book of law is always right but people who is handling this, who are handling literally like the preacher of religion either they can make you a wonderful citizen a wonderful civilian a wonderful soul or either they can, uh, you know, brainwash you to become a terrorist, become a terrorist and, you know, uh, an antisocial uh, element. So, yeah, person can be always uh, vulnerable. Or I can say a person can have these tendencies. A book of law or constitution cannot have such because it's very curated and audited by thousands of, you know, citations and stuff. And it can never go wrong. So, if we stick to this law and protocol, right, I think we can save uh, ourselves and the nation uh, very well. That's that's the key towards it. So that's what I'm saying, that uh, coming back to the privacy part of it, one thing that you have to commit to yourself is whatever is kept offline, which is not online, right? It's having a higher chance of security because that way you just need to worry about your own uh, offline physical security. You don't need to worry about uh, the online part of security. And where you're using this cloud services for what? For collaboration for, I can say, uh, for data storage and all, just buy a hard drive. It it costs yeah. almost similar. Like uh, if you yeah. buy one terabyte of hard drive and one terabyte of encrypted uh, cloud service, maybe the cloud service can be cheaper for a month. But for a year, if you, if you see for a year, an example, I mean, uh, some of the companies, uh, hard drive manufacturers are giving three to five years of warranty. So what is had to lose? Yeah. You can buy two hard drives. You can keep one hard drive as a backup hard drive. Don't use them. And one hard drive as a, you know, transporter. So, and even this one hard drive, right, you can put into the BIOS, uh, some of the Caspers, you know, the the different uh, BIOS, uh, you know, booted antivirus and system where cluster to cluster, it can just scan for the malicious, uh, you know, files. So even that way, you are secured. So always keep the backup of your system and backup of the backup, at least two areas of backup of your system. So uh, offline, so you don't need to, you know, use this cloud services. Now, the question Hmm. comes, that where, what happens where I have to travel a lot I don't need to carry all these hard drives with me, right at that time yeah. you have your SEN or Nest system, a storage atta- uh, attached network or NAS system, network attached storage where you have your router, Wi-Fi router in that you just uh, plug in storage or you just uh, create a Raspberry Pi node out of your own uh, Nest storage which is very open source and the wonderful thing about the open source thing is that there cannot be a malicious code and if there is it is very auditable, and the community can see it. So they'll just recommend, "Hey, this is a bad code; just don't use it." There are very open-source framework for the NAS, or uh, you can just buy out of uh, you know uh, market. Use that, create a static IP, create some protocols of authentication that people cannot you know escalate that protocol, and just use it for your sake. And then when you do not want uh, an access, uh, you can just tell anyone in that particular physical location, your family members, just switch it off. So, in that case, also, you yeah. have a physical layer of security very intact that no one can, uh, you know. And also, you can keep it encrypted. You can keep yeah. all the files encrypted. So, yeah. even if, if it, for say, let's let's take for an example, as I always say, security is an illusion, right? Privacy is an illusion. I'm already out there in public. My security is not there. In that case, also, if, you, if they don't have the decryption key, they cannot, I mean, literally, if it's a proper secure encryption with a multiple, you know, higher amount of bits and all, I mean, it's next to impossible or it's very tedious to decrypt all single yeah. files, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's asymmetric encryption. It's it's very, you know, uh, versatile and dynamic. So, yeah, I mean, you can use technography, you can use, uh, you know, a different encryption protocol to keep your NAS and cloud devices safe. And even at the time that you think that, no, 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 Cloud's it, cloud is the safest part for me or is the cheaper part for me. I can afford to, you know, put it on a cloud do not put the raw data on the cloud always if you have a if you have a picture if you have a photo if you have any of the data right software encrypt that and then upload to the cloud where is the security concern you have already encrypted it so even this uh, big corporation wanted to steal and leak your data they were not even they cannot uh, analyze what is the data it's encrypted yeah so that's what I do uh, I have some uh, cloud services and uh, I just upload the encrypted data there just as an insurance yeah. that all my, you know, physical hard drive or any of this backup can go wrong, or you know, uh, I don't know what what can possibly happen, you know, what kind of damage it can do. So, the cloud can be already one like safe keeper, safe keeper for me. That here it's safe. So I have terabytes yeah. of data. Like I have more than uh, thirty to thirty eight TB of data, which is very sensitive data. All these data, right? i've encrypted into uh, different uh, you know archive uh, folders all of these archives are uploaded there so it's easy to upload easy to download you know not yeah. uh, billions of files just one zip and uh, yeah and that is also even encrypted so i think yeah that that should be the way of it
2: makes sense yeah.
0: i think today was a very insightful discussion we discussed lot many things which will be i think difficult for me to summarize at the moment but it was it was fun for me personally. Yeah.
1: Well to sum it up, let me help you if I can.
0: Oh definitely. definitely.
1: Um uh, we have three aspect and three target audience for this. Uh, number one is individual, the the common man, the civilians, the kids and the elders, right? Second thing is yeah. a corporation and the corporational uh, infrastructure. Third thing is a government level. So uh, going yeah. to the very basic. All the kids who are using the phones, all the kids who are using uh, the access of internet, right? They should be very aware. If you find anything unusual or threatening or anything out of the blue, have a proper conversation with your parents. I think they are the best friend. So never trust the unknown person. Never engage in the unknown conversation. Yes, you can be very social, but never trust them. You can just engage in any of the conversation. You should not be a very introvert about it. But Meet people uh, online, you know, uh, do the different things. But always keep this in mind that always communicate your online activity with your parents because your parents uh, sometimes may get, uh, you know, angry, sometimes may scold you, but they want your betterment. They want your well-being. So always consult your parents. Okay. Second thing, for uh, the parents, please set up some of the parental control. So some of the web- website is not accessible to your children. You can access a parental control setting from your ISP side or from your router, your uh, Wi-Fi uh, router side, you can literally block some of the websites. So you know, in that way, some of the activity cannot happen. Apart from that, as a civilian, you know, as a you know, if you are uh, doing some job in a corporation or something like that, whatever incoming email or incoming communicational uh, files that you are getting, always verify, scan that file in Virus Total or any other uh, software, and that does not even guarantee. So even after that, use the virtualized environment to access this file, which is very air gap from the system, you know, the core system, uh, use it, try it out. Then if it is no harm, then only uh, transfer it to the backup system or the core system, right? Uh, second thing for the individuals that do not let your hormones hijack your intellect, right? Always keep your character intact. Always think about your greed, your selection, your choices. And there is no free lunch in the world right so yeah. do not get carried away by the attractive offers right uh one of the things is there are a lot of investment uh companies you know fraud investment companies are flowing on you know and uh, they are saying that oh you invest this much money will give you percentages every month and all do not fall for these kind of scams no one can guarantee you the percentages of return you know investment is a highly yeah. risky game so do not waste your bitcoins or your us dollars or anything for the companies who claims you a percentage proper you know precise return do not fall for that do your due diligence before falling for these kind of things do not fall for the ponzi scheme or network marketing that's not good for anything uh, you know get rich quick schemes are not real uh, passive income yes they exist but when you buy a piece of land or when you when you have some tangible business that can give you recurring revenue there are no online platforms where you have to transfer some of the funds and then to get the job or you have to transfer some of the funds to get the inheritance from a prince of Dubai or you have to uh, you know, initially pay them to get something more. Never to do that. And one of the things I would like to summarize and add is if the link or if the data is unknown, if the person is unknown, do not open, do not trust, do not fall for that. Simple as that. Always verify. If someone is calling you, always verify who is or she is. So, yeah, and one of the things I would like to share, never plug in the bad USB. Generally, what happens, this is a very traditional attack that I'll just uh, drop this malicious USB on the road. Some people will just, uh, you know, uh, just pick this up. Hey, what is this? This is very fancy USB. Just plug into the system, and the day you plug into the system, you're done. So do not attend, and do not touch uh, the unattended uh, electric uh, device. This can be a cyber attack. This can be a cyber weapon. You never know. Right. So always think about it. And those who are uh, using their uh, desktop or laptop or any other computer system for some, uh, I can say, sensitive work, never, ever use a wireless keyboard and mouse. And I'll tell you why. This is a piece of hardware. This is called a crazy radio PA. So I can just uh, receive your radio signals from your keyboard and mouse, manipulate it, or either I can just you know wirelessly log the keystrokes. So, if you are working in the banking sector or any other sector, I must say, you, know, you should you should uh, you know uh, decimate the use uh, or you know like of these uh, wireless uh, equipments for your convenience because yes, convenience is there, but again, it's not really secure enough. So make sure that you don't fall for that. And lastly, for the government, I would like to say that government should hire you know a more uh, talented uh, people. And they should onboard more people, not just the hierarchical UPSC and all these examination, but they should go for the linear hierarchy where anyone who is a really expert in the field can be employed by the government for the further lawmaking and executional process. Apart from that, government should make a citizen portal where for say, there's a passport, show me a passport. Now, this piece of document, right, generally how government identify you is on three things. Who you are. What do you know? And what do you have? These are three things for the identification. Who you are is your biometrics. Okay. Physical presence. What do you have is your passport. Your government issued ID cards. And what do you know is your password. Okay. Now what do you know can be hacked? Your password can be hacked and leaked. What do you have can be hacked, traced and leaked or duplicated. Who you are, your biometrics. Also with some of the tools and techniques, I can just mask your fingerprints and iris and all. So. We need more conscious blockchain-based, I can say, or any other uh, auditable ledger-based technology where there should be a civic portal where every time the civilian is using their KYC, there has to be, you know, these three things uh, all together has to be, you know, uh, verified. Not just who am I or not just uh, what I know or what I have. All the three aspects of it uh, with my geolocation should be logged there. Uh, for authenticating every time in the government portal or the banking portal or anything, so even if my password is leaked or if my passport is leaked, without this three proper authentication, right? I cannot. No one can steal my identity in a way that uh, you know proof of secret, proof of knowledge will be shared, but the secret itself uh, will not be shared by using by using the hashing algorithm and all of that. The you know digital signature and all, which is I am really proud of uh, the Indian government. They are literally doing the DSC, digital key and all. You know, just like uh, other governments and even Singapore is really leading into this field. Singapore is so wonderful country. Like India, they are, they are doing really advanced technology in the civic portal. So even Estonia, uh, I'm a Estonian East citizen and I get everything on my hands and uh, it's a very secure communication channel. So what I can say is that uh, government definitely should improve their civic portal, their, uh, you know, uh, surveillance. Uh, and, uh, I think that should be the way to go. That if everything is being surveilled, everything is being transparent and auditable, right? Neither the government, the people who is running the government can uh, diminish the constitutional right and law. Neither the civilians can, you know, play around and bribe them. So I think there should be an auditability
2: in the government sector. So yeah, to sum it up, it's it's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, that was wonderful.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) It was, it was fun. And thank you so much for spending so much time to talk to me.
1: So stay secure, trust no one, and have a happy Cyber Sunday.
2: Cheers.
0: Yep. Cheers.